Several eyewitnesses saw a speeding car hit Capano. Several eyewitnesses saw her being put into that car, and several eyewitnesses saw the car disappear. Welcome to Justice for Capano. I'm your host, Sunday Times reporter Alex Patrick. The story haunts me. The failure of justice cannot go unchallenged. It is that failure that has led me and the Sunday Times to create this short podcast series. You are listening to Justice for Kapano, a short podcast series that dissects exactly what happened to Kapano Molelekedi, a 10-year-old with endless potential who was struck down by a motorist, abducted in front of countless witnesses and left for dead. In today's episode, we listen to the numerous witnesses to Kapano's shocking accident and abduction and begin to follow the trail left behind by her killer. Please be advised that this podcast contains descriptions of the death of a child that some people may find offensive. Listener discretion is advised. At the end of last week's episode, we left off with Urapaleng showing that she believed the man who took Kapano to Nordgesicht Clinic was actually the man who had hit her with his car. That person who says he found the child is the one who bumped the child with the car. In 2018, Orlando East Police spokesperson Constable Monica Hangwane said that a good Samaritan had found Kapano in Pennyville Park in Soweto. The man was driving when he saw the little girl being pushed from a car. He stopped and he put her in his car and drove to Nordgesicht Clinic. During this time, Kapano's family was undertaking a desperate search for their little girl. On the day of the accident, Sufiso Hlangwane was working in a garden across the road from the Jerusalem settlement. Uh, it was bright. There was no rain. The weather was fine that day. It was a good day. Yeah, nice looking yeah, day. Yeah. Because I was working that side making a garden, you see. Throwing, I was taking a rubbish bin to throw it that side. A garden that just happens to have a full and clear view of Albertina Sisulu Road. The Albertina Sisulu Road where Kapano was hit, divides Florida, a middle-class suburb, from the poverty of Jerusalem settlement. Many Jerusalem residents find work in the neighboring area. Florida is a suburb of Rodeport which began to grow in 1886 after gold was discovered in the area. It housed mine workers and railway employees. William Pritchard, the original surveyor for the then township of Rodeport, was taken by the abundance of flowers in the area and called it Florida, Spanish for flowers. Many of the original Florida homes still stand, and Neville Davis and his daughter Vanessa live in a home built at the back of one of these original houses. Sofiso worked as a gardener at the Davies home. On September 6, 2018, Sofiso was busy putting refuse in a bin on the side of the road for collection. It was 87 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So the, the child was trying to jump the street, coming off from the ticks, and then hit by a car. And then when I tried to get to that guy, he was 
taking a child, said he's taking a child to hospital. Because the hospital is down there, and then turned right down there. After that, they didn't take the child to hospital. They said they found the child to Pinville Park there. Okay, and tell me what you remember about the car and the person driving the car. It was a maroon Honda. Honda Palat. It was a maroon Honda Palat. And it was a short guy with a stash here. Mustache on his face. Yeah, it was a short guy with a cut. With and just here. Yeah, just here. Just had nothing here. No, just here. Did he have a fade? Yeah, it was making. I think it's a skeleton cut. A skeleton cut. Yeah. And how fast do you think he was driving? I I think was driving very fast. Was driving very fast. The way he the childish. That's painful. Because it's a child and the child just fly in the air. And then hits by the head down there. And did anyone call an ambulance, call the police? No, they were, the, they were trying to call an ambulance, but the ambulance didn't kill, you see. And we worried about the child. They said this guy took him to hospital. Say said, I at least took a child to hospital. But then the day, he didn't take the child to hospital. Neville was opening the gate and waiting to take his grandchild, Taz, to school. Between 42 and, and uh, 52, I usually go and open the gate because I've got to take him to crutch. So I opened the gate, I unlocked the gate, and as I opened it, I had a bang about 40 meters from me. Uh, the girl was gone. At quarter to eight, both were witness to what happened. The home faces Albertina Sisulu Road. On the other side of the street, over a grassy hill, is the settlement. To the right of the Davies home is Hamburg Road, which intersects Albertina Sisulu Road. That morning, Capano's taxi stopped at Hamburg intersection before turning left into the main road and heading off to the next destination. Capano was crossing Albertina Susunu. She'd done it countless times. But on this day, she had crossed over the first lane and was just halfway across the second lane when she was hit. Have you been here since what happened on this road? I don't love this road. When I come from Rodipota, I use that site. I don't love coming that site because yeah, Isaac was telling me that it was just down there, yeah, just a little bit down there. there. Yeah, it's a little bit down there. And you guys never saw that area after she was hit. Did you come up here and see any blood or anything? There is no blood. You see the stock sweet that she was eating she was there on the floor. It's just a lollipop. Yeah, just a lollipop. That's our audio producer, Paige, and Urapaleng standing next to the road where it happened. Urapaleng can see the township they used to live in just across the road, and in front of her, the busy road where her daughter had died. Neville Davis is a gentle sort of man. As he recalls what he saw, you can tell he's conscious of the fact that Copano's mom is seated with us. She has heard every version of the story before. 
but it's clear he is trying his best not to further injure the grieving mother. Uh, a girl, a girl was bumped, and a, a, a maroon Honda stopped about approximately about 35 to 40 meters also, and they ran back to come look at what happened. But as the, and then they picked up the child. They picked up the girl. But as they picked up, I had was laying backwards. So uh, I thought it was the wrong move for them to do, to pick her up. We shouted, leave her. We called the ambulance. Then the guy said, no, we'll pick her up and put her in the car. Then they picked her up and as they ran to the car, the doors didn't want to open from the outside. So they battled there for about just in about a minute and a half to get into the car again. And one guy opened it and they got into the back seat with the, the one guy and they drove off. In spite of that, a lot of people were taking photos and they mentioned that there's a hospital just around the corner here, but they rode on straight. They rode straight. And Somebody, there was a couple of people that took the uh, number plate. I think it was a security guard or something like that. He took the number plate and uh, there was a lot of people standing outside. When they hit to, yeah. did they stop straight away? They stopped about 40 meters away. After hitting her? Yeah. So they impacted first and then, yeah. and then came back out? Yeah. And you said that you told them you thought it was a bad idea and that they should just yeah. leave her. Why did you feel that way? I felt it's a, a case for the ambulance. Mm. You know, or somebody was, well, it's knowledgeable that with an accident, we don't just pick up people. Mm. The, uh, I don't know, there was about five, uh, five or ten people that phoned same time and the ambulance came about, about just about 20 minutes after that. But then they were gone or Yeah. Neville reports that an ambulance did arrive, but unfortunately the men acted quickly and Kupano was already gone by the time the first responders got there. Did uh, Kupano look dead to you? When no, her? she did not look dead. She, she was, I think, uh, she was laying and she was not like responding or, you know. So it looked like she'd been hit and yeah, she just and wasn't responsible. Was, wasn't responsible. Did those guys at all seem bewildered, shocked? They were more in a hurry to get away from the scene with the child. Than upset. Than upset. By the time we had interviewed Neville, which is close on two years later, the police still had not come to interview him. They had interviewed his daughter, Vanessa, but she didn't witness the incident firsthand. According to Vanessa, it took weeks for the police to come to their home. She questioned why they wouldn't take her father's statement. He was an eyewitness after all, and she had only heard what had happened from her father and Sofiso. She told us that the police said they would return, but they never did. Have the police come to you at all? Not to me at all. They came to me. And what did you eventually tell them? Did you see as much as your dad saw? No, 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 no. 
No. I just told them what the, my dad seen, what Sofiso seen, and they what the description that she's given me what she had on. So you didn't you actually didn't see this happen? I didn't see this happen. But they took but, your statement instead of your dad's? Yes. Later, police would deny telling Vanessa that they would come back. Sufiso, who works in the garden of the Davies house, is also a Jerusalem resident and a casual acquaintance of the family. And then, you must excuse me for saying, but you look like every time you talk about when she got hit, your eyes, like right now, you see your eyes are like, like it's tough. How, tell me how it felt seeing this little girl hit. It was painful because the way the car hit that girl, was spinning in the, and then fall with the head. Is it something you think you'd ever be able to easily forget? Unless this guy was arrested, I mean, my, I'll be relieved. But now it's painful. It's painful. Because even if it was honest, it should come out. Mm. You see. And what do you wish would happen next? No, we must get this guy. We must get this guy to pay for what he <coughs> did to your small child. Because we don't know that child was going to help his mother. See, now he's dead, hit by a car. Mm. Do you think if the police brought you photos, that you would be able to say, yeah, that's the guy that hit Kupano? Yes, I'll be able. I'll be able to do that for the child. Sofiso told us that she was hit with such force that she flew through the air, landing headfirst about 20 meters from where she was struck. Their recollections are very similar. Both men describe several witnesses, including a man taking photos of the incident. A security guard was at the scene, and at least five people had called an ambulance. This gives us hope. Maybe some of these people are listening today and can come forward. But of course there are discrepancies in eyewitness testimonies. I spoke to witnesses over a year after the incident, so it's understandable that their memories have begun to fade. Later, police would say that they checked the number plate Sofiso gave them, but it didn't exist. Perhaps in the two weeks it took them to talk to him, some of the plate was forgotten. When I asked them why they never spoke to him again, they replied they already had his statement and there was no need to return. When Vanessa got home that day in 2018, she was told about the incident. She works at the Pennyville Park Drug and Women and Abused Children organization. She was concerned about the little girl and asked Sofiso, who lived in Jerusalem, to ask if anyone had a daughter who was hit by a car. And that evening, Sofiso told Urapaleng what he had seen. Now that Urapaleng had heard her child was in hospital, she was able to hone her search. But Kapano was in none of the local hospitals or clinics. On Friday, the day after Kapano was hit, Urapaleng went to visit Vanessa to ask her for some more details. Vanessa helped Urapaleng create a missing persons poster for Kapano. The description read that she was last seen wearing a pink t-shirt, blue jeans and white sandals. Vanessa also shared the missing person's information on her Facebook page and encouraged people to help find the little girl. Here's what the message said. Uh, good evening all. I'd like to thank all those that took the time to help and attend to the case of the little girl that was found in Pennyville. It saddens our hearts 
to see what a cruel society we live in. Our heart, so true and so pure. God, keep a family in the palm of your hands. And then that's the picture of mum. Cheryl Pillay was at the Deep Cliff Morgue on Friday, the day after Capano had died. Cheryl works with Benessa's organisation and is active in the Eldorado Park community, where she lives. Eldorado Park was named during the 1886 gold rush after rumours that the location was a modern-day Eldorado after the first discoveries of a massive gold deposit. Eldorado is a name that came from the 16th and 17th century European explorers who believed that there was a place in the New World of such tremendous wealth that it had a city of gold, the Eldorado. But today's Eldorado Park is the opposite of that. Instead of a city of gold, it's synonymous with violence and the predominantly poor community is riddled with drug problems and the social issues that come with it. Cheryl's work often takes her into local hospitals, clinics and morgues, where she helps families locate missing loved ones. Okay, so what happened was we were, we were at the mortuary where we went to go look for another missing person. And then when we were at the mortuary, they brought in this little eight-year-old girl into the mortuary. And... Um, said, you know, the child was found at Orlando or somewhere, Pennyville, and they brought the body in and they don't know, you know, the, the child is unidentified at the moment. That was the Friday. And then the Saturday, Vanessa posted this picture of the little girl, and then I realized that it was the very same girl. And that's why I said to Vanessa, tell the parents to go to to DK and just check where the case was opened and where the child was bumped or whatever the guy was that picked the child up in the car because there was eyewitnesses, I think there was a description of a vehicle. But Vanessa was unable to contact Urapaleng to tell her the news. Meanwhile, that Saturday, a nurse at Nordkhasach Clinic had recognized a little girl from the missing poster. There's a Johannesburg nurses WhatsApp group where nurses connect and share important events and information with each other. The nurse from Nordgesach put Capano's missing persons poster on the group and said she had recognized her as the little girl who had died at the clinic on Thursday. Both the nurse and the Department of Health have asked for her to remain anonymous. Orapaleng's cousin, Kefilwe, a nurse who works at Temba Hospital in Pretoria, is on this WhatsApp group, and she saw the message. On Sunday, Kefilwe notified Orapaleng of the whereabouts of her daughter. Kopano had been taken to a morgue in Soweto, nearly 20 kilometers away from her home. This is how the family learned that Kopano was dead. The following day, Orapaleng, Isaac, and Orapaleng's cousin, Kevin, went to identify Kupano at the morgue. Orapaleng identified her daughter by her clothing and the sight of her little body. Kupano's head injury was so gruesome that the morgue had covered it with a cloth. They wanted to protect her mother from the sight. The mortuary gave the family details of a report provided by the clinic. This is when they first learned about what actually happened to Capano. When the man picked Capano up and left the scene, he did so without consent. 
essentially kidnapping or abducting her. This is a criminal offence. It would not be abduction if he had taken her directly to the hospital. The report was taken by a nurse from the man who had brought the little girl to the clinic. The unknown man reported that Copano was lying on her tummy near the Pennyville Park playground swings. She apparently had a towel wrapped around her body when she was brought in, which the nurses said could have been used to ease internal bleeding by tightly wrapping her abdomen. He told nurses her head was in her hands and her legs were splayed. He said she had been raped. Urapaleng grew suspicious of the man because he refused to meet her. She said she initially wanted to thank him for helping find her daughter, but his refusal to even leave his name made her uneasy. Do you think the man who found your daughter in that felt is the same guy who dropped her in that felt? I think so because how can you don't want to meet the people after you helping them to find their child? You must meet meet the 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 the, the, the family so that you can tell them exactly what happened. But cousin Kevin, a bookie from Ramsach, which is a northern suburb in Rudaput, did meet the man. Kevin is the head of the Mololekedi Johannesburg family and was the point of contact for the police. Before Kupano died, he had very little to do with Orapaleng. They seldom spoke. The police did not take Orapaleng's contact details and they still claim to have trouble reaching her. According to police spokesperson Mavelo Masondo, they have a contact number for Orapaleng, but it doesn't work. Perhaps they had the same issues I had in contacting her after she moved to Eldorado Park. But if that is the case, it means they didn't contact her immediately after the incident. Kevin also saw Capano's body at the morgue. He said the most puzzling thing in the room that day was two policewomen who were trying to figure out why Capano had so much damage to her body if she was just raped and killed. Kevin had to explain that she was actually hit and killed by a car and not raped. The injuries, yeah, the injuries were terrible. Is it? Because when, when we get there, those guys, the, 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 the police guys who handled this case, the detectives, mm. they've already opened a, 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 a rape and what what case. Mm. You see? Because they didn't, they didn't uh, uh, investigate what was going on or what really happened. Mm. But when we get there, those ladies, I don't know if they are the brigadiers or the, the detectives as well. Mm. They said that when we came with the story that there's a witness that said the baby was bumped by the car and the car took her to the, mm. to the, to the, to the police, they started looking at each other's faces and they said, yeah, but that makes sense because the bruises on her, they were surprised with the bruises on her. Because uh. she had bruises whereby they were wondering how can rape and murder about uh. this kind of bruises. Kevin said he was taken to the flat of the Good Samaritan in Pennyville Park by a detective working the case. Kevin says in the time since the meeting, he has had trouble remembering all the details. But he remembers the man had a Sutu name, he thinks. According to Kevin, the man said he found Kupano in the park. He was on foot at the time, and he picked her up, 
and he took her back to his home, where he consulted with his sister, who gave him a towel to wrap around the little girl. This park stands in the middle, between the flats and Nurgesich Clinic. His home is around 50 to 100 meters from where she was found, according to cousin Kevin. The man then claimed he had run with Copano to the clinic. This was one and a half kilometers away. I mean, it seems a bit unlikely, but Kevin said at the time he took the man's word as fact. But a little while afterwards, he thought the story made no sense. I tend to agree with Kevin. Why would anyone take a child injured to that extent home rather than straight to get medical assistance? Kevin says his memory is fuzzy. At the time, he didn't think the man a suspect, so he didn't take much notice of his appearance. But he believes the man was of average height and middle-aged. That's all he can remember. I really would like to talk to this man who said he found her in the park. Exactly. Me too. Uh, that guy this nowadays, uh, I really wanted to ask him some few questions. Just that mm. uh, I can't meet him now. Mm. I don't know how to meet him because I've got few questions for him, that mm. guy. Because me, I met him that night that we find the baby. Mm. And then since I never met him again. But the trauma for Kapano's family didn't end there. Shortly after the incident, Kurapaleng said she received several phone calls from a woman. Okay, and then you mentioned that you were getting these calls. The that, that person is a lady who is calling me, it was an accident, it was an accident. What I want me to help with, I say, I, you can't help me because you don't know me. How can you want to help me? And then you tell me that it was an accident. When was this, when did you get these phone calls? I get that phone calls while we are busy preparing Copano's funeral. Do you think he's sorry? I don't think he's sorry for how for 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 that after so long. I don't think he's sorry. Do you think the person who called you regrets what happened? The woman who called you? Uh I think people want to protect their their children or their men. They don't want them to go to jail for what they did. Do you think it's someone's mom or girlfriend? Why? Do you think it's the guy's mom or girlfriend? I think that person have a children and, and a, a woman, what I think. Ne? But you don't want to commit the crime. So you want to hide this. Why that person called me that it was an accident, it was an accident. I didn't ask her what, what happened. The woman kept telling the grieving mother that it was an accident, but she wouldn't identify herself. Orapaleng asked if she could meet with a woman. And with some hesitation, the woman said that next time Orapaleng was in Pennyville Park, perhaps they could meet. She said the woman also offered her money. For an incident that happened in Rodeport, a lot of the subsequent events seemed to be coming straight out of Pennyville Park in Soweto. Orapaleng also said that she gave the woman's contact details to the investigating officer. But police spokesperson Mavela Masondo has denied this. What I can say is that guy is very heartless. You can't do that and just run away. How can you, how can you do that to the small child? What I want is justice for my child.
This story is a passion project for us at Sunday Times. If you enjoyed the show or want to know what happened next, please subscribe to ensure that you don't miss the next episode. You can subscribe for free on all major podcast streaming platforms, including Spotify, IonFM, Pocket Cast, or wherever you get your podcasts. We remain hopeful that this production will lead to justice for Kopano and her family. Please share this podcast to spread the word. In our next episode, Alex speaks to the medical authorities who were there. Voiceover and reporting done by Alex Patrick. Additional voicing by Zama Lutsuli. Production and sound design by Paige Muller. Editorial assistance by News and Investigations Editor Nikki Gulesh. Executive production by Head of Multimedia Scott Peter Smith. Justice for Kobano is a production of Sunday Times and Multimedia Live. Subscribe for free to catch future episodes. 